Edge Radio. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing coming to you worldwide from MegaWare Keelguard Studios. Aaron, here we go. September 1 episode of Bass Edge Radio. Dude, always this time of year, school kicks back, falls in session. And the reason I remember all this so well is because in just a short few days will be my birthday. <laughs> yes, another year older, and you will always be just a little bit older than myself, Kurt. So uh, I always like to remind you of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's great. Hey, you know, Aaron, I, I got to mention, I was listening to the last episode, and dude, <laughs> you were screaming down that mic. What happened on that deal? <laughs> okay. So, no, actually, I'm glad you bring this up because I want to apologize to, to uh, Bass Edge Nation. And for those that, because uh, the interview was great, Justin Lucas, as, as you know, did a fantastic job. But uh, I made a major mistake, Kurt. You know, a lot of times when uh, we just get in our rhythm, we use the same technology. Well, I actually right. had a new headset to use. And lo and behold, I did not think to check the audio volumes of as the input comes in. And we can see that on our screen. You right, know, after right. doing three, this is our 335th episode, right? So you just get into that program. Well, I should have checked the audio input volume coming in because Steve Leslie, our editor, did everything that he could and he texted me. He's like, dude, your audio is off the charts. So I apologize to Bass Edge Nation. Thank you for uh, bearing with us and sticking with it. But uh, go back and anytime you hear me talk, just mute it. Well, it it works out. Yeah, I would just turn the dial, you know, turn it down, turn it back up. And and it wasn't, you know, it it was bearable, but it was was a pain in the butt. Oh yeah. Well, that's kind of what my wife Diana tells me. You you know, it's it's bearable. You're bearable, but other than that, so. But yeah, no, it was it was all good. And of course, I apologize to coming from Megaware Keelguard Studios on these episodes. Uh, that was one that they had nothing to do with. That was all Aaron Martin. No Kurt. No anybody else. And speaking of Megaware, of course, this is their 335th episode by being presenting sponsors of all things Bass Edge, and certainly uh, make sure you check out the products the first do-it-yourself keel protector the battery guards you know the scuff buster the skeg guard all of those things can be found directly at a reasonable price fast shipping right now uh just simply go to keelguard.com well you you mentioned the last episode it was great small mouth info from justin lucas and of course he took you know the last two major small mouth events you know as far as the super tournaments and mlf goes so you know the flw season now in the book congratulations to the flw title winner we will get that on here in the next uh, few episodes as well and and talk more about what is going on with uh next year although there's still a lot of fishing left to do Aaron you know this is the time of year we you know schedules start coming out people start thinking about what's going to happen you got the MLF is over now for the year FLW over now for the year so uh a lot of things to start considering but uh lots of fall fishing left for the year as well so uh lots going on but y'all hang tight we've got uh, a lot going on in this episode but first, before we move on, we've got a protecttheharvest.com tackle tip. Y'all stay tuned. We've got a lot of great information right here with Bass Edge Radio. This episode's protecttheharvest.com tackle tip with FLW Pro Circuit Angler, Ron Nelson. 
Yeah, hey guys, good morning, Pierre. A tackle tip for you that I do daily when it comes to fishing a tournament or just fun fishing, I keep it very simple. You know, I call myself like a pocket bass fisherman, meaning that whatever bait I'm going to be throwing, I just put the bag in my pocket. And so whether I'm throwing a bag of Senkos that day, I'm going to put the whole bag in my pocket and just kind of work off that instead of having to constantly dig into the rod stores to try to find some. It also keeps you uh, very basic very basic colors. I don't buy a lot of different, you know, selections as far as bait. I just keep it black and blue, you know, maybe watermelon, maybe green pumpkin, and just keep stuff very simple. That's a great tip, Ron. Excellent time management for sure. Brought to you by protecttheharvest.com. First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. Nitro Performance Bass Boats. Get pro-level performance with the Nitro Z18, the official boat of Major League Fishing. Z18, with its nimble handling and versatility, sports many of the features in the larger boats in the line, like a Guardian Live Well, a heavily insulated cooler, dual 8-foot rod storage, and our smooth and fast NVT hull. Every Nitro boat is laid out to do one thing very well, catch fish. Enormous front decks up to 45 square feet on the Z21 allow maximum mobility when battling unruly bass and feature low-profile gunnels for ease of skipping, pitching, flipping, or landing fish. Nitro Performance Bass Boats, pure fishing machines. Kurt, looks like our uh, California Delta tournament had Mark Lesane there, kind of close to the top of the leaderboard in third place. I shot him a text, and he was very encouraged by that. But it's nice to see him finishing up there. And, of course, we're talking about Bass Angler Magazine. Yeah, great partner here of Bass Edge. And congrats to Mark. Super stoked for him. You know, cannot not mention Ish. Yeah. performance. I mean, winning the event by 16 pounds. I mean, goodness gracious. We're actually going to get Ish on for this episode, but... uh, I think he's out um, in the blue water. He's out in the middle of the Pacific on a a long-range tuna trip, so uh, shout out to Ish and congratulations. We're going to try to get him on this fall, talk more about flipping, pitching, and frogging, uh, you know, Ish's expertise, so uh, that should be fun, but we'll definitely get him on the show, but shout out to Mark Lassane, man, super happy to uh, see his success in that event and and always thankful for uh, his partnership here with Bass Edge Radio. Be sure to check out Bass Angler Magazine, no doubt out one of the you know i would say on the edge like bass edge you know they are on the edge of great publication and new techniques and uh you know we all know a lot of great things and new fishing things come from generally west to east kind of japan a lot of times into california and then it makes its way across the country so uh, i just got my most recent i guess issue i don't know week and a half ago i guess got big picture yeah. of talk there on the on the front cover and uh, yeah. Marty Robinson I know is in that issue so a lot of good stuff a lot of good stuff yep great stuff uh, you know something else that's great stuff last episode the pure clean descaler 
great conversation with Brent and the product that he's providing there, Aaron. Yeah, I mean, I was, uh, you know, certainly you and I have have used that stuff and we know the benefits and features of it. And having him on, it was actually was very, very shocked the number of orders that has came in there, you know, via BassEdge.com. So we've already gotten some great feedback on that. So uh, happy to have that part of the Bass Edge arsenal on the website because there's a lot of good stuff on there, Kurt. A lot of great stuff. You know, got to mention the uh, hand sanitizer from Lucas Oil. Yeah. Uh, The hand sanitizer, not just, you know, COVID, you know, all that kind of stuff, but but really too, just, you know, handling fish and keeping things, you know, I'm I'm not a germaphobe, but dude, you know, I've caught a lot of fish that got some nasty stuff on, bro. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, that is, it's funny you bring that up, Kurt, because obviously Lucas started that. Of course, Lucas, as you know, have been a part of Bass Edge for a very long time, has phenomenal products. But the reason why that they got into that was, you know, with the pandemic and COVID. So that is also available on BassEdge.com. But if you talk to, you know, a lot of your biologists and stuff, that's one of the big things is the slime line on a bass. And that is their protection, right? That is their defense against things, all things outside of their environment, outside of the water, which I think has a lot to do with probably why MLF and and that of touching the carpet, trying to minimize just that contact. So Lucas having that product, the the hand sanitizer, that can be also be purchased. Free shipping, by the way, on that. So uh, a lot of cool stuff that we've been able to feature and, and talk about industry things other than just how to catch the fish, Kurt. It, it all adds up at the end of the day. Which is also a great piece of the website. We mentioned this now and then, but probably not off enough, Aaron. We always have great new articles on a bi-monthly basis at the website BassEdge.com as well as some awesome videos. So uh, everybody needs to check out all, all things going on over at BassEdge.com while you're perusing on your phone and cruising around listening to Bass Edge podcasts. Typically, most people I hear listen on good drives, commutes, that's when it all goes down right here with Bass Edge Radio. No doubt. And um, certainly the way that, uh, you know, it's, it's on all sorts of platforms, whether it's Google Play for our Android friends or iTunes or all the different pod catchers. Uh, I know, Kurt, that is generally when I tune in. I just actually went back and listened the other day to a Jared Littner uh, episode that we did. And guess why? Because he won the BASS Open on Table Rock, which is where I'm going to be at in three weeks. And uh, so I even took several more nuggets out of that episode. That's what I like about it. Yeah, no doubt. The archives are great. I tell you what, we've got a really cool conversation, I think, that's going to evolve here with talking about making of a lure. That Maybe that should be a new series, the making of a lure. And uh, plastic lure to be exact, but y'all hang tight. Coming up is the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. Don't go away. This is BASS Elite Angler Kyle Wilcher. This is Bass Elite Series Angler Bernie Schultz. This is BASS Bass Master Elite Angler Stetson Blaylock. This is MLF BPT Angler John Murray, and you are listening to Bass Edge Radio. Know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat? MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat. Guaranteed for life. 
developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for MegaWare Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Flex Step Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare Keel Guard. A fun episode today is we're going to take a close look at the making of plastic lures. Got Pro Angler with us today that has recently taken his talents into this side of the industry and with some very successful results. Bass Edge Nation, welcome back, longtime friend, professional angler, Bradley Holman. Looking forward to an interesting discussion with you, Brad. What's up, fellas? Looking forward to visiting with y'all again. Well, Brad, one of the things that's kind of an odd situation to start the show with, but I want to make sure listeners are, are kind of aware of your situation, but then also I think you can bring some benefit. We've all been affected by COVID, but perhaps maybe don't know anyone in particular or personal that's had that you know that's something that you've actually dealt with you've had firsthand experience can you share what happened with the virus in late july through early august yeah absolutely yeah i contracted the virus tested positive in early july with covid virus and uh, just like you know everybody read about and saw on the news um, I was a little skeptical of it. My family doctor actually sent me a text that I wasn't too appreciative of. At the beginning, he was like, well, we're saying prayers for you and your family. I'm thinking, "Wow, man, that's a heck of a text from my doctor. But, uh, you know, it was um, in the first few days, it really wasn't that bad. And I was really just kind of like, you know, even into day three, I was like, man, what's the big deal about this? But mine continued to worsen, and I was getting worse by day nine. I was worse day 10. I didn't start improving in probably somewhere around day 13 or 14, actually showing some signs of improvement. So it was a, just a severe flu that just won't go away. You know, we've most of us, all of us have had the flu at some point, and the symptoms were very much like it. But, you know, it, it, it wasn't the bad stuff, you know, upset stomach and things that are that we usually get sick with. Um, none of that was there. It was just temperatures and fevers and in bed for a long time and just really didn't feel good for a long time. Um, I live in a family with four children and we've got a four-year-old in the house so it was pretty much a guarantee that the whole family was going to come down with it and and we all did um the kids were not affected hardly at all i mean it's like a blip on their radar they might get a temperature one evening you give them a tylenol and send them to bed the next morning they're fine but my wife and i both contracted it i had it for like i say 14 15 days that i was really sick with it before i got up out of bed and my wife was probably seven days she wasn't quite as bad as me it was a sickness. It, it wasn't the end of the world for me. I mean, we're 45 years old and everybody in my family is fortunately healthy. And so we were able to fight it off pretty good. Um, I was surprised that it really kind of hit me as hard as it did. I will definitely say that. Like I thought that by day seven or eight, I can remember talking to my doctor on the phone day eight or nine. And I was pretty frustrated just in the fact that I hadn't gotten any better, that it was getting worse every day. But uh, he told me to take my time, keep taking my Tylenol, drink my water. And that's pretty much all I had. That's one question I get a lot is what did they prescribe you? And there was nothing. It was pretty much Here's your Advil, your Tylenol, your water, and good luck. But um, I, I don't think the medical field knows a whole lot about it. I think that they primarily just don't want you to come see them. You know, they don't want you in the office. They don't They don't want you anywhere around. They want you and your body to naturally fight it off. So, like I said, you know, we were fortunate. Everybody in my family is young and healthy, and, and we were able to get through it. Wow. Well, I hate that you had to experience that, but certainly uh, appreciate you sharing that with us and, and, and the listeners, and certainly glad that you and your family are okay. 
Yeah, yeah. no doubt. Hey, and Brad, not to belabor it, but what was the first sign that you felt like something's not right? I mean, you, you hear about loss of taste, loss of smell, fever, you know, chest uh, congestions, you know, some things like that. For and, I, and I'm sure it's different for everybody, but just for general knowledge for people out there listening to Bass Edge, what was your initial ding-a-ling-a-ling, something's not right? <laughs> I had just fixed a beautiful brisket dinner for Sunday afternoon and my mother-in-law had came over and uh, smoked the brisket all night and had taken it off and um, I do a lot of the cooking and I had it all prepared and laid out on the table and we all sat down and ate and everything was going fine and when I finished eating about 2.30 that Sunday afternoon um, I told my wife I'm not feeling real good it was just kind of a head buzz and just didn't feel right I didn't feel upset at my stomach or anything there wasn't a cough in the beginning I just felt weak I, I guess the first symptoms I had was probably the feverish feeling you know gotcha. and I went down and about an hour later I woke back up and still didn't feel good in the first hour of symptoms and took my temperature and I had a temperature and so that's when I knew so so definitely the temperature was the first thing that came about. Gotcha. All right. Well, good stuff, man. Well, great to hear that you recovered all well now. And um, let's get back into some bass fishing. You know, you've taken on a project and we're going to talk about the whole process, how this all came about. So we're going to talk about the making of a plastic lure essentially in this episode. And this has been involved with Big Bite Baits. Let's first talk about how does a manufacturer approach a new lure? Do they have their own designers? Do they use all anglers? What's your inside knowledge of how this came about for you? And now that you understand the process in great detail, how it comes with you know, that manufacturer side as well. You know, in the beginning, I can honestly say, and, and I can still say that I'm not an expert in the subject as far as everything that happens because Big Bite really held my hand and helped me through every step of the process. I had multiple friends in the industry that are bass fishermen. So on our side, Kurt, you know, Todd Castledine, a good friend of mine, develops baits and does a lot of work with striking, along with Dustin Wilkes, who's a good friend of ours. It was on the Elite Series with us for many years. Does a lot of work with uh, culprit. The, yeah, culprit. Culprit. Yeah. Right. And so culprit had always had that worm that we all bought for many years. It was in Walmart when we were kids. And, That's right. Um, they needed some designs, some bait designs done, and I know that he has done a lot with them. And they've had a lot of success with a lot of the baits that he's designed over there. I think that as far as manufacturers go, you know, the number one thing is that I think before they even come out with the design is they're looking at marketing. You know, I mean, how are we going to market this? Is it going to be something that we're going to market through just our regular, you know, pipelines? Are we going to use a professional angler? Are we going to put an angler's name on it? You know, there's all different aspects and ways to do that, I think, in this industry today, and especially in 2020, which we'll get into, the, which is kind of how my bait came about. But, um, you know, a lot of a lot of baits are designed by anglers that may be professional or may not be professional, just lure designers that work for those companies like Dustin Wilkes, who, who now is not, quote, quote, a professional angler, although he does have a TV show and stuff on the East Coast. He does a lot of design for culprit, but yet, I mean, his name's not associated with the bait. Same thing with Castledine. I mean, here, here's another look at what Striking does. You know, they use bait designs. Phil Marks is another lure designer for many years for Striking, and those guys are basically professional lure designers, and, and those baits get manufactured, and they market with other anglers, so they put Kevin's name or or other anglers that they that they have in their stable, they they use their names to leverage that in marketing. So from a marketing standpoint, I think that is where a lot of these companies start. How are we going to market the bait? Now, how they come about getting the ideas varies. 
whether they use professional anglers or whether they use lure designers or they just use someone in-house. I'm sure there's a lot of in-house stuff. I know all the guys at Big Bite are extremely good fishermen. Scott is just, I mean, there's some guys over there that can, that can catch a lot of fish, guys, and, and they really know what's up. And so um, there's some good ideas there just in-house that they can do themselves. Yeah, good stuff. You know, Brad, one of the things, like the group that you just spoke of, and, and then certainly, you know, we've talked to John Cruz, Gail Julian, your bait manufacturers, bait company owners. You know, there's a big misconception out there that you're going to make millions, you know, by designing a lure. Now, you may over time, but there's so much research and development that goes into a single lure that is effective. You know, one of the questions that I have, how is the need for a bait identified? There are thousands of options anglers have, and that must be an important and difficult process to come up with, something that's really going to move the needle and produce results from a revenue as well as, you know, fish in the live well. You know, there, there's all different kinds of baits on the market. And, um, you know, when, when Big Bite came to me, I know one thing that was really important to me was, was that I didn't make a bait that was just built to catch a fisherman on some aisle of some tackle store. I wanted to design a bait that would catch fish, and uh, that was really important to me. You know, Aaron, I, I don't know the answer to the question exactly how everybody just comes up with a gap to fill. I can tell you that in the plastic bait business, you want to design a bait, go look in the shelves and try to find something that hasn't been done. Like, it's hard. Um, right. It's extremely hard to find something that hasn't already been done. Well, Brad, you had an opportunity to visit the factory this past spring. What was that experience like? And and did that help you in kind of your, your thought process and, and discussions with Big Bite about where you're going to take this project? Yeah, it helped a lot because the initial meeting that we had there actually was about the bait design, the BFE that I was designing at the time for them. They had taken my drawings and schematics and had them all there. And they were about to make a mold out of it, um, just a just a one shot mold. And so, really, we were working on the prototype. They were explaining some of the measurements to me exactly how things would be thickness when I was there, and they could put something in my hand. So it was a big learning experience on on actually the bait that I designed to make sure they put that into CAD, which is a CAD form, which is a drawing on a paper from the computer. So it's a CAD drawing from a generated machine that's actually going to use to carve out the aluminum that they use for the mold. And um, I didn't understand completely some of the measurements on the thicknesses and different things that they could do with the plastic. So from that standpoint alone, it was huge for the development of the BFE that I went down there after the classic and met with them at Big Bite. So you talk about that, the computer programs, obviously you had a drawing, it enters into computer programs, types of plastics, buoyancy, salt. I mean, there's a ton of options to be considered when you're looking at a plastic lure. You know, what are some other things maybe I'm missing that you've seen through this process that maybe the general public doesn't really see the in-depth that this goes into? The thickness, you know, of the plastics, you know, how, how hard of a plastic it is, I guess not the thickness, but how the hardness of the plastic is a big deal to a lot of anglers. And depending on how hard of a bait you like, depending on, you know, how well it moves through the water, but yet doesn't rip every single time you catch a fish on it, right? Um, that was a big deal with me with the BFE going forward because, I mean, obviously the BFE stood for best flipper ever. And one of the biggest issues I had with a lot of baits that I flipped through my life is that they just won't stay on a hook well. And it's aggravating because for me at this point in my career in professional bass fishing, consistency and time and efficiency, efficiency is the number one word that calculates all this and puts it into one box. And, and I needed that. 
And so the hardness of that plastic was, you know, a big deal for me that it would stay on a hook so that it would be efficient and stay because I want to be able to pitch and flip a gazillion times without having to stop and fix my bait because I bumped a twig or because a brim grabbed the tail of it. Yeah, those are huge considerations. Brad, this is a fun conversation. We're going to dive into, after this short break, the BFE itself, best flipper ever, right? That's the name. Is that right? That's correct. That's a tall tale to come into. So we're going to talk specifically about the BFE, your personal experience in the development, where the idea came out of your head. Y'all stay tuned. We're going to power pull down for a short break, but we're going to be back with more in-depth information with Bradley Holm. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the Power Pole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, Power Pole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, Power Pole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. Power Pole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio, presented in part by Mercury Marine, Go Boldly returns with professional angler Brad Hallman in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. That's right, Lucas Oil high-performance marine products. As always, be sure to visit the BassEdge.com store for free shipping on all Lucas products. It works. Brad, let's uh, talk your experience specifically with the Big Bite Baits BFE. As Kurt said, that is a uh, very, very tall order to fill, but I know <laughs> I know that uh, you are not going to put your name on something until it's right. How did this lure design evolve? You know, one of the things that's different about this lure design is, is that I actually documented every bit of the step of the designing of this bait all the way through the prototypes on my YouTube channel. Filmed it all, videoed it all. Matt Pangrak and I that works the Bass Talk Live, which you guys know I'm, I'm heavily involved with them through the years as well, where we kind of marketed the bait through there. And Matt and I got together and we're talking about different bait designs. Um, Big Body come to us and wanted to, you know, work on a bait. And, you know, I told Matt, you know, if, if I'm going to design a bait, my first one ever, dude. I mean, I want to design a flipping bait. I mean, like, it's it's a no-brainer. And so um, we actually took the cameras and went up to uh, the local tackle store in Oklahoma City, uh, Lucky Lure, and um, we laid 25, 30 packs of plastics on the counter that we liked different aspects of different things. And we started looking at them and started tearing plastic apart and kind of piecing stuff back together, how we thought something might look or how we would want it to be. And um, we never just completely nailed exactly what we had down, but I had a pretty good idea. I took it home that evening and uh, was trying to decide how I was going to do this. And I had some friends that can draw really well. Uh, one of the biggest issues I had is I'm not a very good artist. And uh, I got to thinking about my daughter, who's 15 at the time, and, and she is. She's an extremely good artist. And so I laid that piece of plastic down, and, and I laid down a piece of paper just to see if she could get close to what I was talking about. And she got really close. So then I had to go around the graph paper, you know, the ones with the line stuff. on Just the measurements on this dude, because she could do it. And uh, I fired up the camera, and I turned it on. And... Uh, guys and she was incredible she basically drew the bfe and uh during that process that night at that table of her drawing is actually when i came up with the name best flipper ever that's very cool because i know you brad and i, I don't know how long it's been 20 years close to anyway we talk about this lure and you look at this lure and, and it's got some old school 
and new school combinations in with this lure. You know, when I first met you, if you didn't have a black neon tube on your front deck, it wasn't Brad Holman's boat, right? You used to love to flip the black neon tube. And, and back in those days, Grand Lake was high a lot, especially in the springtime. And, and it was a, just a deadly bait on the willows. And, and you look at the front half of the BFE and it's got that tube look with some added things. Talk about specifically break down the lure kind of from the top to the bottom, you know, the, the head to the tail. And uh, tell us why you implemented these parts of the lure. I basically just took a lot of baits that I flipped through the years that I really like different parts of that I thought were really important, you know, without just copying everybody specifically, you know, I try to put my own spin and design on it. But um, the top of it was very important to me because I wanted exactly what you said, the tube. I appreciate the fact that you even noticed that because you're right. Uh, black neon tube is a big part of the development and design of this bait. There's a lot of baits out there on the market. I quite honestly didn't even know if there was anything like this once it was done and got to looking and was really impressed that there wasn't. I wanted to follow along the lines of the tube. I wanted the bait to glide on the fall with the tube. So it does have that round, same round design, circular. The rings are there to give it added bulk without giving it added bulk in the plastic because obviously you know the more plastic and the thicker we get there the harder it is for hookup purposes mm-hmm. um i wanted to stay away from that and i knew it but i wanted enough plastic in the middle of that like i said for efficiency with that bait so the head of it is thick it's thicker than some of the other baits that we flipped through the years and it doesn't have a flat side to it it's completely round and gives me that glide and at the bottom of that bait you see those two wings and, and then those are really basically glides is what they are it helped that bait glide on its side and it does i mean it really helps that bait glide like a tube without that bait being hollow and it being solid i wanted to make sure that we put that cut through in those ribs where the hook came through and, and guys look whenever you're, we're designing a flipping bait i mean one of the main things that was a big deal to me was to design the bait around the hook a lot of people get confused on this because i say it a lot but i actually flip with two different hooks and it really depends on what i'm doing but if i'm flipping braid i'm flipping a straight shank like a lot of guys talk about and i would say the majority of people fish a four auto or a five aught but i needed to make sure that that bait would hold that hook and that's a big deal but anytime i'm flipping fluorocarbon which is a lot for me around this part of the country on wood and bushes i don't flip braid Um, i don't like braid on wood i never have i like to flip fluorocarbon in that case i like that ewg style hook that's a different shape different size and it actually fits in the bait different so i needed to make sure that that bait would flip both hooks not only for me but for everyone across the country that would be buying this bait because there's a lot of people that use lots of different styles of hooks so that was a big deal and those were kind of the stalwarts of things that mattered the most in the beginning in the design and then of course the tail is very much like a beaver bait style bait i didn't want to just take the same thing that everybody else has made i made that tail is solid instead of having the, the splits or the flips i mean there's nothing against the guy taking a pair of scissors to it if that's what he wants to do um it does tend to give it a little different action but uh i wanted to make sure that that bait was was solid in the tail so that it would help with that gliding motion so brad here we are we've came through concept to meeting with the factory to getting the molds to now you're in production my next question is as we all know for a bait to be received you have to have distribution there has to be education what role do you as the angler or any angler for that matter play in that process so what makes this bait design unique and different like i said is the fact that we documented the entire thing through a youtube video um actually multiple youtube videos Uh, actually documented youtube videos through once that original process was done through the prototype testing. And, uh, you know, and it's just us out catching fish. I actually caught an eight-pounder on that thing um, out of a lake this spring, sight fishing with it. 
in a mud hole here in Oklahoma. Wow. It's a great video. But also those work as marketing tools. And what I was going to say that was really unique about it was this was really Big Byte's baby. There's people at Big Byte that really foresaw all this beforehand and knew that they could take some different elements. Um, an angler that was of my status that had social media and the things going with YouTube that I had going, but also have a very close connection and work heavily with Bass Talk Live, Matt Painrack, Mark Jeffries. We use that as an avenue to get, you know, interest into the bait and talk about the bait. Matt Painrack was involved heavily with me in the beginning processes of the designs and through, throughout the entire thing. He helped with videos and, and ideas and different things. Um, I can't say how much pain rack was a big part of it. We used all those things combined along with Matt's social media and, and Matt's uh, YouTube and, and the YouTube of the Bass Talk Live. And, and, and we did all this stuff together and we just kind of got a push behind it. Whereas a lot of bait manufacturers in the past would take or still do take a bait design from a pro angler, build it. He fishes with it and hopes that he wins the tournament, right? I mean, that's really what you're looking for, the home run ball. Um, yeah. And if an angler wins the tournament with that new plastic bait, then it becomes the end-all, be-all. Right, right. This way, you know, the variables were a little more controlled. And, and um, you know, we tried it, and it's worked extremely well. I think that process is genius because the reality is, especially with the onset of uh, the pandemic and, and that that we've been dealing with, there is a, a whole lot of people being introduced to the outdoors and specifically the sport of fishing. They may not give a rip about what wins on Sunday, sells on Monday mentality, which I'm not saying that's right, wrong, or indifferent, but the education in this day and age, in my opinion, which is how Bass Edge even came about, was you need the education that backs up, okay, why am I doing what I'm doing? Help me understand why that works. And that sounds to me like the approach that you guys have taken. Absolutely. Absolutely. Brad, last question. As far as pushing it out to retailers, you talked about, obviously, as anglers, we know retailers, we know different places. Um, is that, you know, just pretty much rely on the manufacturer's hands or or are you as an angler helping with that process as well? Well, like I said, guys, Big Bite held my hand through this entire process. I, I can't tell you how helpful and important. And I mean, these guys have been doing this their entire lives. And um, they took me in with open arms. They gave me the reins on the design and never critiqued anything. I mean, it was however you want to do it. If you need help or you have questions, call anytime. But other than that part, they took over and they took the yeah. reins and then their deal and they do have the distribution and they do have. Sure. I will say that we, you know, we did create us combined as a team, a big bite, with their social media, and I kind of forgot to mention that earlier. I didn't even think about that, but they have a huge social media. I think they've got 200-something thousand people on Instagram. So between all of us together as a group, as a team, pulling together with social media, YouTubes, podcasts, Bass Talk Lives, everything that we did, you know, I mean, just like what I'm doing right now on this show, created awareness of this bait to where there was interest in it before it was ever in production. Right. I know that some of the people at the place told me the Tackle Warehouse had already said, hey, we're interested when the orders come out. We want ours. I talked to a friend of mine that's a heavily involved Academy Sports. Same thing. They were definitely interested and aware of the situation and knew that that bait was coming. Nice, nice. Well, there you got it. Big Bites Baits, BFE, best flipper ever. I've watched your videos, Brad, east to west, whether it's the, uh, I think you mentioned the Tulis at the California Delta or the grass mats in Florida. The BFE is going to take anglers places maybe they have not been, right? <laughs> 
Yeah, it was built to catch them coast to coast. There you go. There you go. Man, that's an awesome story. Super glad you could share it with us. We've got to move on to our next segment of the show, the listener question segment. Always very popular here at Bass Edge Radio, brought to us by Nitro Performance Bass Boats. Love for you to help us answer this question. Here is the question that Paul Versa from Texas asks. I've been fishing for several years now, but really dived into bass fishing in the past year. Self-taught, mostly learning from the internet and have yet to find a good explanation on how to know when to use lures that have similar looks, appearances, and actions. Always confused as how to know when to use something like a lipless crankbait over a regular crankbait or when to use a football head jig over a Carolina rig crawdad. Can you tell me how to make this decision or whether it really even matters? And is it all six and one half dozen situation? I really think that it is kind of a six to one half dozen the other. And the reason that I say that is, is that you're talking about being a new angler and new to bass fishing and, you know, new to bass fishing more than a new angler. You can make things too complicated. I mean, you, you hear top guys at the top level of this sport and industry talk about simplifying things and i am one of those guys the carolina rig as opposed to the football jig dude both of them will get a bite both of them will probably get the same bite 80 percent of the time if that fish is down there it'll eat either one don't complicate things try to keep things simple um the rattle trap versus a diving crankbait really that's a depth situation or, or potentially a cover situation if you're fishing somewhere that has a lot of aquatic vegetation. In that case, a rattle trap will outshine a crankbait nine to one. But common sense will get you through that because the crankbait will just stay hung up four or five casts in a row, and you'll be like, the heck with that, whereas the rattle trap will come through each time you kind of jerk on it. It'll clear itself and continue to run straight. Keep things simple. Don't go buy a whole bunch of stuff. Don't try to put too much stuff in a tackle box. Keep things simple. And when you find a couple of techniques that work, work on becoming better at those techniques. And then I think as the process goes on, you'll be happier as an angler and probably enjoy more success. I, I like to add too, Brad, I think it's a great suggestion. I also like to add, it's probably specific to the area, country, or types of waters that you fish mostly. You know, you take Brad or myself that fish all over the country. We have to be a lot more diverse and maybe using these different types of things. Now you take Aaron, who probably primarily fishes in the Midwest region, you know, around Missouri and, and Oklahoma and that area, you know, you can dial those things in a little bit better. Isn't that right, Aaron? Yeah, absolutely. I, I would agree with that. Uh, I think both of your answers are spot on because there's things that you guys talk about on here that I would long, you know, to be able to use, but it, it's kind of like what Brad says, why go and try to perfect something else? And have to worry about, um, you know, spending the time to learn that when we know, like the Carolina rig or, for instance, uh, what he was referencing there, that it's going to work. If you've got an active fish, it's going to respond. So I like the simplicity. Very good. Great stuff. Well, Brad, thanks for that great response to Paul's question, man. Paul, hopefully, hopefully you have some success and and uh, maybe save a few bucks and maybe become more effective with some of the other techniques uh, that catch fish more consistently in your geographic area of the country. Yeah, Paul, and uh, thanks for sending that in again. And don't forget, we need one more thing from you, and that is to simply go on to BassEdge.com, click the Claim Your Prize tab, fill out the information, let us know that you heard Brad answer your question right here on Episode 335 
have, and we will send out your Bass Edge gift. Got to give a shout out to all the listeners. Thanks so much for supporting this segment of the show. Keep firing in those questions to Bass Edge Radio. You can go on to BassEdge.com, click the Ask the Pro tab, quick, simple form there. We get your question answered here on the show, or just simply send an email to support at BassEdge.com. Well, Brad, again, thank you for providing a breakdown of some of the unknown processes in the industry, and congratulations on your successful bait with Big Bite. Any uh, final words as we begin to close this down? No, just um, I always enjoy being on with you, Aaron and, and Kurt, and you guys have been doing this a long time now. Congratulations on that, episode 335. That's a great deal that you guys have been able to hang on and do this for this long and that much interest. I know how much both of you uh, enjoy being involved in this sport and all the great things that you guys do for it. I appreciate y'all having me on. You bet, man. Never get tired of talking about bass fishing. It could go on for decades. Just just ask my wife. She just gets tired of hearing about it. <laughs> she just gets tired of you. <laughs> All right. Good deal with Brad. Thanks for being here on the show. Best of luck. You got a full slate of events this fall in the Bassmaster Opens. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And, and of course, as always, wishing you the best out there. So, uh, Bass Edge Nation, hold your horses. Aaron and I are going to be right back in just a moment. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat, MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for MegaWare Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Flex Step Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare Keel Guard. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment. The PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift. PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole. Swift. Silent. Secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Kurt, you know, you've kind of been in the habit with uh, adding guests that bring all things to a higher IQ level, I guess, if you will. And I've got to say, it makes this part of the show more difficult because all the interviews more or less just stand on their own. Yeah. You know, I can't speak a whole lot to designing a plastic lure. We've been doing some cool things over at uh, Hayabusa with hook designs and uh, coming out with uh, actually a lure later on this year. But um, it was really interesting to me from both aspects, from an angler and a consumer and, you know, being a part of a, a manufacturer to really kind of see the different ways that this goes down and get the perspectives of it. So I think there's actually, to be quite honest with you, with all of social media that goes on these days and everything that gets such 
great attention, any angler could probably come up with a great idea or a good design or set something, you know, apart from themselves to have as a niche product, right? You know, something original of their own, because I think it's so important. You know, we've seen the Whopper Plopper, the A-Rig, all of these huge hits that have come out. And now the BFE, you know, being what it's becoming and the success that it's having as a flipping bait. But uh, anybody can do this stuff, right? Well, anybody can. And I, one of the the things that I was going to say is that, and, and I think part of the pandemic with COVID has really opened up, you know, the whole distribution scenario was more associated with brick and mortar locations. Now, more so than ever, I think that ability, like what you speak of, Kurt, with social media, of being able to to get that, that name out there, you, you can set up your own e-store if you wanted to, and through PayPal, start selling. So it's a reduction of overhead, but there's just a lot of, of positives now with the space that we find ourselves to where I think you're really going to see that market accelerate with new options that are out there that we've never before seen. Yeah, that's going to be the key right there. The new options, stuff that hasn't been seen, but uh, definitely opportunities abound. It's great to talk with Brad about his experience and uh, continue to wish him success with the Big Bite Baits BFE, best flipper ever. That's right. And uh, we are at the end of 335, Kurt. September 1st episode is coming to a close. We would like to remind all Bass Edge listeners, if you are not registered to vote, please do so. It's uh, one of the ways that we can stay plugged in to what's going on and our votes do matter. So be sure if you're not registered to vote, take the time to do so. It's absolutely worth it. Uh, In the interim, be sure to stay up on all things Bass Edge through our website, social media, where you can find articles, videos, uh, and the latest of what is happening in the bass fishing world. For Kurt Dove, I am Aaron Martin, and we look forward to seeing you September 15th for episode 336. So long, everybody. The Edge is presented by MegaWare Keelguard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, Lucas Oil, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, Lawrence Electronics, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com. <laughs>